Hello, I'm Peter Lopolitz and this is Spectacular Slovakia. If you're listening to us for the first time, you're kind of late. This is our last episode of the Bratislava series. Good news is that you can listen to the previous episodes anytime you want to. Anyways, welcome, welcome everybody. This week we have on the podcast an ambassador who's been avoiding me for some time, but I'm glad that she is going to be our last guest in the series. I'd say she is one of the most popular ambassadors among ambassadors posted in Slovakia. Her name is Margit Brugfriedrich and she is the Austrian ambassador. So let's dive into this last conversation about Bratislava and towns near the capital, which you may have never visited, but we're here to convince you to do so, I suppose. Margit Brugfriedrich, enter the podcast, please. Guten Tag, herzlich willkommen. Herzlichen Dank. It's lovely to have you here. Uh, so since you are my last guest or our last guest, you can choose if we're going to discuss Bratislava or those other towns around Bratislava first. Well, we can start with Bratislava, why not? And then we continue with some other places. And uh, yeah, let's take it from there. Okay, so since Austria and Vienna in particular is really close to Bratislava, I've always wondered what people in Vienna think or how do they perceive people in Bratislava? Well, you're absolutely right. Uh, Bratislava and Vienna are the closest uh, capitals uh, in Europe. So it's less than 60 kilometers uh, yeah. for sure. But nevertheless, I, I, I don't really think that in today's world, people really look at inhabitants of another city in a special way. You know, I, I, I think... In our globalized world, you know, we have we travel so much, uh, we have so much information, we may have an image of a town, of a city or a country, but I think uh, no longer actually of, of people living there. And this has nothing to do with Bratislava. I think this is the same with, let's say, Rome, London, New York. Do you think people of Austria or people in Vienna in particular, do they visit Bratislava often Not as often as they should. <laughs> I think uh, in, in reality, it's many more people from Bratislava going to Vienna on day trips. Uh, uh, of course, now let's leave aside maybe the commercial world and, and the business community, mm -hmm. because in, 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 in that world, of course, you have a lot of interaction. And uh, when it comes to visiting the city and exploring the sites, I think it's still more people from Bratislava going to Vienna than the other way around. And we really have to work on that. We really have to get people from Vienna more often to Bratislava. That's Agreed. for sure. Agreed. So when I go to Vienna, I usually go there for concerts or Christmas market. If we turn it around here in Bratislava, uh, what places do you enjoy going to or exploring in the city? Because you've been here for more than a year, Absolutely, I would say. Yes. So you may know the city quite well. If I may return to the previous question uh, on, on people coming to Bratislava from Vienna, if I may look at the different generations, mm. if I had asked my grandfather and, and, and representatives of his generation, I guess they would have told you immediately that they would have taken the tram, which existed way back in sure. history between uh, Vienna and, and Bratislava, and they would have come here maybe even just for coffee. My grandfather for sure came here uh, to collect stamps. Wow. And he came here to the coffee houses and he met other people and they exchanged stamps because he was a huge collector of stamps. Uh, when it comes to my parents' generation, uh, the idea of coming to Bratislava was not an option for so many years. So for them, it was for so many decades, actually, the city behind the Iron Curtain, yeah. just right after the curtain, which you could see from the Austrian side. You could see the castle, you could see the skyline, 
but you could not really get there. So when the curtain fell, for them it was obvious to start exploring Bratislava and coming here, going to see the sights, and then later on coming here to go to the opera, because many Viennese actually come to Bratislava for the ballet or the opera. For my generation, I think it's, uh, yeah, you just come here, you explore the city, you see how it has, it has developed over the years, how very dynamic it got, how many little stores you have here and there, how many little bars you have here and there, restaurants that opened up, shops that opened up, how much more color it got, how much more colorful the city now is compared to decades ago. And also, of course, for, for my generation, as well as I think uh, the generation of, of, let's say, my son, it's coming here to do shopping. It's cheaper. <laughs> Not so much. No, no, I wouldn't say so. And actually what I learned, which I didn't know before, was that shops were open on Sundays. And so oh. for many Viennese, it's uh, going on a day trip, coming to Bratislava, going for nice, good food, uh, strolling around the old town, and then maybe doing some shopping. So things have changed. And I think particularly the young generation also comes here to party. So, yeah, it depends on whom you ask, actually. And for myself... Well, I suppose you don't party. I don't party. <laughs> Not necessarily the way I think uh, you get pictures from uh, party crowds in Bratislava. So what are your favorite places or activities? I love strolling around and, and, and looking at the very different styles of architecture. Mm -hmm. Because you find such a mix of architectural styles here in Bratislava. Uh, very old houses, many houses from the 30s, very different styles. Again, back sort of the Art Deco style. You've got quite an influence uh, from, from, from various countries. And so sometimes it's like walking through an open-air museum, actually. And, and that was maybe one of the very few positive things uh, in the COVID crisis that... Uh, With the streets being rather deserted, particularly in Old Town, in the Old Town, you could literally take the time, stroll and look up and look at the buildings, look at the facades, look at the different styles without uh, fearing of being pushed aside and, and, and ending up in one of the fast food places or so. So uh, that's for sure something I like doing, strolling around. Have you ever done that with the German ambassador? Because she is also the same person as you are, so she enjoys discovering this different no, of we, ha we, ha we haven't done that together, but in my sort of attempt of, of uh, bringing Bratislava closer to, to also my friends back home, I had a whole bunch of people coming over for, for two days mm -hmm. and we went on a walking tour, which I had not done before. And, and not just exploring the old town, but going beyond, you, you know, like there are so many construction projects now, mm -hmm. very interesting ones, whether it's the Hadid buildings and, and, and some other ones, Eurovea is yeah. just wonderful example, I think, but also River Park. So there are many areas where you see a lot going on and it's going to be very interesting to see how those very modern parts and the old parts will kind of... Uh, eventually come together. It's nice that you mentioned actually that you discover also other, explore other parts of the city because so far I thought that we've just discussed the old town but Bratislava it's not just the old town but also other parts so thanks for mentioning that. Um, and you also mentioned Eurovia by the Danube River mm -hmm. so you enjoy strolling up and down the riverbank I assume. 
can we compare Vienna and Bratislava in this regard? Because when I spoke to the Swiss ambassador, he pointed out that Bratislava made a great use of the river, unlike Vienna. Well, I think there is indeed a big difference between Bratislava and Vienna when it comes to the Danube because uh, the Danube really cuts Bratislava into two halves, one could say, mm -hmm. although the old town, of course, is on one side. But this is true. This is the fact you, that you find in, in uh, many cities all over Europe, which are kind of divided by a river, uh, with the city then developing on both sides. In Vienna, the situation is, of course, different because the city as such grew right on the Danube Canal, which used to be sidearm of the Danube, with the Danube up there, closer to Vienna, having had many, many sidearms in the past, and only when the river got regulated in the 19th century, the situation then changed, because, of course, when you have many sidearms, you always have the risk of flooding. And uh, so this is why the city uh, developed much more on the right side, on the right banks mm -hmm. of, of, of the river. I very much enjoy the way Bratislava integrated the Danube into city life. Mm -hmm. And I think this is something also Vienna can or could have learned or can learn from, from Bratislava, that you don't just have a recreation area like in Vienna, where, yeah. of course, you have the second Danube, which was uh -huh. built several decades ago, sort of to actually protect the city from flooding uh, with, at the same time, fascinating and wonderful recreation area, which you can reach actually by subway. But it's not really city development, And here in Bratislava, you have this wonderful mix of, on the one hand, recreation areas, but also city life. You have coffee houses, you have people living, you have uh, shops, you have much more life close to the river. And this is something what I really, really like about this Ayurveda, this combination of culture with the new opera building, yeah. which is, I think, a wonderful building. With the parking opportunities, so you don't have people park everywhere. You have people living there, you have coffees, you have restaurants. People can really enjoy and embrace the river. Yeah. So that's why I love strolling around there. And I get a wonderful mix because usually we park the car in Ayurveda and then we walk to the uh, old bridge, Sarimost. Yeah. We cross the bridge and then you're much more in nature. And True. at the same yeah. time, you get a beautiful view of the city. And we walk all the way. We pass uh, Di Badlo Arena all the way to the S&P yeah. bridge. Uh -huh. up the bridge and then back again. And then depending on the weather, depending on whether we want to have some coffee or not, we either stroll back uh, through the old town or again along the river. And this is a beautiful hike. And you get to see so many different aspects of the city. You also mentioned in one of those emails, we exchanged that you are a regular shopper at the Militicheva Marketplace. Yes. Is I that true? Yes, it's Still? true. I love Militicheva Market, uh, open air market. Actually, wherever we go... We go to the open air markets mm -hmm. um, because you can get the whole atmosphere of the markets, but also of the people, of a city, of a country. And you always get the advantage that uh, products are usually fresh. And if you don't speak the language, you can just point at things <laughs> and it usually helps a lot and you usually get what you want. And Militichova Market for me was one of the first kind of excursions that I mm -hmm. went on after my arrival in, in February 2019. And uh, I remember it was a super cold day and my whole family decided, let's go to the market. I got the recommendation from, from, from a very dear colleague of mine. 
And uh, so we went to the market. And I have to say, I was slightly disappointed in the beginning because not only that it was really cold, there were hardly any people there and not many products. But then I saw the, all those pickled vegetables, which kind of brought back uh, childhood memories. Mm-hmm. And and maybe this is also one of the reasons why I like Minitichiba Market. Then there was this wonderful smell of garlic. And I saw a whole bunch of people lining up. And I was like, why are they lining up here at the market? And they lined up for langosh. And langosh is another childhood memory for me because I remember when I was a child and we went to a Christmas market or we went to the Prater. I was always allowed to go for one treat, either something sweet like cotton candy or something salty. And that was always langosh. And I usually went for langosh. Mm. So my family lined up for the langosh. And then we had this very tricky situation because I didn't know what they put on the langosh. Now I know it's smotana, it's the sour cream, but I wanted it for sure with garlic. And I didn't know what garlic was in Slovak. So I was trying it in German. I was trying it in English. And then I was a bit desperate. And then someone from the very back of the line shouted, Cesniak. So I was like, okay, now one of my very first words in Slovak. Now I, now I can order langosh and garlic. So we really like the market and we go there regularly uh, throughout all the seasons. Do you know also some other markets? or? To be honest, uh, we are very happy with the variety of things at Miletichova. Mm-hmm. And we already have our little stalls okay. where we get things. And whether it's the asparagus in spring or you get the first strawberries or you get the watermelons in summer. And, and there's this one lady who sells delicious mushrooms. So, you know, once you live in a place... Of course, you still want to continue exploring others, but when you're happy with with uh, a certain spot, yeah. it also creates uh, familiarity and it makes you feel at home yeah. when you go to a place you've been before and where eventually maybe also people recognize you. So that gives you a feeling of being home. Well, but I still can recommend you, for instance, Fresh Market. That's a new, a yes, new I, one. Yes, I know Fresh Market, but this is not like an open air traditional It's not an open market. Air. You're right. It's yeah. more trendy, I think. <laughs> Because it's newer. Yes, and maybe a bit fancy and you get all the organic food, of course. And of course, in the old market hall, you you get also sort of uh, from the region uh, farmers yeah. selling uh, uh, food there. But still, I think Miletichova is much more authentic. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But so you mentioned this this old market hall. Mm-hmm. So currently there are Christmas markets going on um, on a smaller scale. Yes. <laughs> So have you been to these markets already? I've not been to a Christmas market this year so okay. far. Uh, I like, again, it's architecture that really fascinates me. And I, I really like the architecture of the market hall. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have this food fair where you get delicious street food and you just line up outside and and, and you, you, you sort of, you know, you get food from not just the regions of Slovakia, but the entire world. So this is fun. You know, this this kind of mix of, of generations, the mix of cultures the mix of different styles and uh, you could just mingle. But I still want to ask you about Christmas markets. Okay. Like which one? So you came in uh, 2019, so I think you experienced Bratislava Christmas markets and for many times also the markets in Vienna. Which ones are better? Unfortunately, I'd say that Christmas markets tend to be very much alike. Many of the Christmas markets lost their kind of original, maybe mm-hmm. authentic, old-fashioned and unique style. You get the same products or more or less the same products all over the place, I would say, in the region. 
you know, we are neighbors. We we should not deny our common history and, and the geography, the vicinity. We have a very similar taste in food. So you get very similar products, of course. Glühwein, you get more or less the same everywhere. And this smell, you know, this mishmash of Langosh, sausages, uh, sweet things, uh, roasted almonds and alcohol. <laughs> I think this is quite universal, I would say by now. Uh, but I have to admit that I haven't been to some of the smaller Christmas markets last year. I, I missed those in other regions of Slovakia. Mm-hmm. You are also a huge fan or just maybe just a fan of jazz music. Uh, do you know some places here in Bratislava where you can go to concerts? I'm afraid I don't know too many places, but I've discovered the V Club, mm-hmm. which I really very much enjoyed because it was also a bit diving into history. It was like a bit of a time travel, the whole <laughs> setup there. But it was a wonderful jazz concert uh, of uh, the very nice uh, Slovak band that I sort of discovered, which is uh, Fats Jazz Band. And uh, they play swing music. Uh, and you get this mix of uh, American songs, but also, of course, uh, Slovak songs. They're really great. And I also came across uh, the uh, art winotek in Kramare, which mm-hmm. is a tiny place up there on the hill. And uh, you get very nice wine, very just sort of down-to-earth place. Uh, and they also have musicians performing there. Yeah, So, but I'm still in the process of, of exploring the city and, and other places. And unfortunately, the last couple of months did not help. Hopefully very soon. Hopefully. You, you will have another opportunity to start rediscovering these venues. You also enjoy visiting towns around Bratislava. And we haven't discussed that in this podcast yet, or in this series at least. Uh, So which towns would you recommend to foreigners or even to Slovaks maybe from other parts of Slovakia to visit near Bratislava? I think there are several places you can explore very easily. And I'm not talking now about Devin Castle and just strolling around sort of uh, the Morava River and the Danube, but literally towns like like Modra, for instance, and and going there, again, strolling around and uh, getting some delicious ice cream. They got several ice cream places there. I was really surprised. <laughs> and of course, buying some ceramics or watch the artists sort of in their studios making pottery, which I find really lovely. Uh, also the mix of those very traditional patterns and then some very modern ones. And, uh, and it's a small town embedded in the hills and with so many wineries around. Yeah. So also the vineyards are beautiful. So you can combine st- strolling in the vineyards but also exploring this little old town. Um, and eating ice cream. And eating <laughs> or eating other delicious meals. Uh, I also like Pezinok a lot. I, uh, I would say. say it's kind of a similar town to Modra. So what do you like about Pezinok? Because I spent some time there, but I'm wondering what you may like about to, the town. To be honest, we first came across it because we saw a poster, an advertisement in a window in Modra pointing to a certain winery. Okay. So we drove to Pezinok, couldn't find the winery, or it was a holiday and everything was closed. And then I saw the little castle. Then, of course, you start uh, reading about the places. And uh, I went there again when uh, President Chaputova 
had a meeting with our president, a very informal one in in in, in the castle, yeah, which is Schimak beautifully yeah. beautifully renovated. And uh, I learned about this beautiful exhibition on glass. There is a gallery uh, yeah. with beautiful glass pieces of art on display from all over the world. And this is very beautiful because this is something you won't expect. You can see, of course, when you come to that region, wine cellars. Yeah, so you discovered the castle in Pesinok. In Pesinok. And, uh, of course, when we talk about castles, uh, a little bit further away, Chevenny Kamen. Yeah. Is also, for me, very fascinating and also kind of unexpected because you drive and then out of a sudden there's this enormous, huge place and also nicely renovated. But personally, I like going there for the flea markets <laughs> um, because I think like once a month in the, in the, in the, in the nicer season, yeah. they organize this huge outdoor flea market where you have people from all over the region coming from also far away, putting um, their stuff uh, for sale. And sometimes you can really find cool things, yeah, whether so it's old China or, or some, some more traditional things or paintings. Or I like it a lot. Okay, so that's Charani Kamen. And I also must point out that they do very nice events for children during the summer. And the grounds are beautiful. I think they did a really great job also in, in with the park mm -hmm. and the various courtyards. Yeah. So you can get a very, very good impression of what it was like. Yeah, it's know, a good tip for a day trip. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And as a contrast, you know, for me, it's so interesting. You have on the one hand this huge castle uh, with its long history. And then uh, the owners used to have then this summer residence uh, in Budmeritze, which is much more hidden, of course. And I was never inside. But the park is beautiful again, and it's it's a bit like in a fairy tale. Yeah, it looks like those castles on the Loire River in France. And a bit like, I don't know, Sleeping Beauty, you know, because there yeah. are not many people there. It's very quiet there because, of course, Chevigny Kamen, you got many people there. Yeah, and it's more popular than It's much more popular uh, also for foreign tourists, and they have guided tours also in different languages. And, of course, it's much better known. And then... You just drive a few kilometers to Budmeritze and it's there just sitting in that park. You can see it through the trees and it's a very different atmosphere, but very beautiful. So we discuss, we've discussed Bratislava, we talked about these towns. Uh, which one of these is your favorite one? A lot depends on my mood, what okay. place I would consider my favorite place. Uh, because sometimes it's just very beautiful to be in those remote places where you get the feeling you can just walk for hours and you won't see anyone and whether this is along a river or just up there in those rolling hills in the vineyards I have to say I love walking next to the water for me this gives some extra calm and to watch the current of the river whether it's the slow current of the Morava River or also the Danube and a lot there depends on the seasons and I think it's this mix of the water that always changes mm -hmm but also nature that always changes. So for me, these are the very beautiful places. And to have the city somewhere in the background, that's lovely. So I assume you like Bratislava more than, <laughs> than other towns around Bratislava, but still, it's all right. Yes, I would say that I, 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 I like Bratislava more than the other places because it you offers, of here. course, it offers 
a wide variety. Yeah, you absolutely. know, you can you can choose whether you want to go just for for dinner or you want to go to the ballet, which I very much enjoy. Or you have a glass of wine, you stroll around, you go to those maybe hidden places uh, in the old town, or even just round up the, the the castle hill. You always get a different angle, and I think that's also the beauty here. On the one hand, the waterfront, but then the various hills. But at the same time, I think. It's also important to, when trying to bring people to Bratislava, to show them the beauty of the surrounding villages. And which is why we've discussed that today. Thank you very much. Thank you and thanks for having me. Das ist alles. That's all we're done with the Bratislava series. A big thank you to Austrian Ambassador Margit Brook Friedrich and to all the ambassadors who took part in the series. Thank you to you, dear listeners, for listening. I hope we convinced you to visit Bratislava even for more than one day. The old town is nice, but remember, Bratislava has much more to offer if you decide to dig deeper. Last but not least, I should thank the Bratislava Tourist Board organization and the Ministry of Transport and Construction for supporting the Bratislava series. You'll find all the episodes on spectator.sk and streaming platforms, including Spotify and SoundCloud. That's probably all I wanted to say, so take care, have a very Merry Christmas and see you some other time.